0: Hey there, welcome to the Agents of Revival podcast. If you're ready to be healed and take full accountability of your life by evolving into your best self, then this is the podcast for you. I am your host, Andrea Griffin-Rogers, and I'll share with you winning steps as well as personal tips and anecdotes on how to go from brokenness to wholeness and from scattered pieces to inner peace. So come on in and join me on this healing journey and let's become whole together. Enjoy it what's up guys how are you today pray all is well this message stirs your faith falls on good ground and come on y'all you know it by now produce us good fruit in your lives kudos to those that got it right yeah oh, all right all right all right all righty. today we are talking about uh in the kingdom ambassador series that we have been in all season long we are talking today about being citizens of heaven because you got to understand once you get that kingdom revelation that's when you realize you no longer belong to this world anymore you become a new creature in christ jesus a new person a new being in christ jesus so that means that the old you is gone the old you that was filled with sin and in this sinful world is gone and the new you becomes a king ambassador. The new you becomes a citizen of heaven. And so what does that mean to be a citizen of heaven? Like what are the the qualifications? What are the requirements? We're going to get into that today, but let me start off with prayer. And before we get started, spirit of the living God, we come to you Right now, I want to say thank you for allowing this opportunity for my brothers and my sisters to hear and receive a word from you, God. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. You know what each person is going through. You also know how each person needs and wants to grow in their faith with you, God, and the relationship they have with you, Father God. And so I pray that you help each person grow deeper, stronger, bolder, in faith with you jesus help them to know who you are for themselves not just what they read on a page not just what they hear me talk about or they hear other people talk about in the church Father god but that they have a revelation for themselves of who you are jesus to them make it become real make the words on the pages of your bible god become real to the people that read them make it become living water heavenly father let it be their daily bread god that as they dig deeper and deeper into you into the word into prayer and into um Just their faith, God, that it will grow stronger and stronger that you will take the mustard seed faith that they have right now and grow it and reproduce it, God, so that it will produce good fruit in the lives and hearts of the people that they will encounter, that they will be salt and light in the earth, representing you, Jesus, in totality. And completion, representing you, Jesus, drawing people closer to you, Jesus, being exactly who we need to be in this earth as kingdom ambassadors, not just church representatives, God. But more so ambassadors of the king being able to say we have a personal relationship with the father and be able to talk about it to anyone that have ears to hear and want to listen. This is my prayer. God, let it fall on good ground, produce good fruit in the lives of your children. In Jesus name we pray. Let it be an on time word. Amen. All right, y'all. So citizens of heaven. Uh I unlike usually when I start off with a story, I want to go to the scripture text because I know some people out there are probably already asking the question that I um you know gave you of like what is a citizen of heaven? What is the requirements? What's the specifications for that? And so go with me to a few scriptures, bear with me. Um let's start at John 17. I want to get into a part of this text that um Jesus Um, that Jesus is giving in prayer, um, to G, uh, to God, Jesus can pray to Jesus. (laughs) Well, in a sense, yeah, but Jesus is giving this prayer to God. Um, and it's even titled the prayer of Jesus, but I want to go down to this particular verse, um, verse, uh, 18, verse 18 Um, you know what, let's, let's go up a little bit. I want to be at verse, um, four, before I get to that. Uh, I'm at verse 14. Child, bear with me, y'all. Okay, bear with me. (laughs) It's been a long day. All right, John 17, verse 14 Reading from the New Living Translation reads as such, I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world, just as I do not belong to the world. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. They do not belong to this world any more than I do. Make them holy by your truth. Teach them your word, which is truth. Just as you sent me into the world, I am sending them into the world. And so this is Jesus' prayer for all of us, even though at that time he was praying it over his disciples and his apostles. But it's the same prayer for us today where Jesus is saying, I have created you. I have allowed you to be born in this world for such a time as this, but you don't belong to this world. That's why it says, I believe it's in Romans, that says, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. You're Yes, you're in the world, but you're not of this world. You come from a heavenly realm. You are just, you were born as a spirit into a fleshly body to do something in the earth, to bring people who are in darkness, people who have no hope, to bring them the truth of Jesus Christ, to show them the truth of your, of your father, God almighty, his power and his Holy spirit. We're meant to do something in the earth. And through that, we're meant to fulfill our purpose that's tied to the gifts and talents. I talked before on how to identify your purpose. So if you missed that episode, go check out the episode called Focus earlier in the season um, where I break that down. But anywho, we all have the same commission to go out and make disciples um, that follow Jesus, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We're meant to teach them. But we got to be taught ourselves before we can become teachers. The students must become Um, the people must become students first before you can become a teacher, because how will you know how to teach if you're not willing to be taught, if you're not willing to go through the process of learning. And so when Jesus is saying to us that I have created you to be citizens of heaven, you don't belong to this world. We have to understand that even the problems that we see in our lives should not sway us either way, because we have to understand that this is temporary. Our flesh is temporary. And Satan, as you learn about in Revelation 12, has the authority to reign right now and wreak havoc in this earth because of his anger of Jesus Christ being born. And um, he has the authority right now to reign in this world. And so we're going to see chaos. We're going to see warfare. We're going to see strife. We're going to see all these different things. But when you understand and have the revelation, as I talked about in last episode, when you have the revelation that you don't belong to this world, then you understand that the things in this world are not really meant to hurt you. They may mean they may come to test you, but they are not meant to hurt you because when you belong to Christ Jesus, you become a joint heir in the kingdom of God. That means you become a citizen of heaven. And so heaven backs you. This is why it's so important to understand your identity as a king's ambassador because no matter where you go, no matter what you get into, the king protects you. Even when you cause your own mess, you have the authority because you're an ambassador of the king that then reach out to the king and say, Hey, I done got into some sticky situations. King, can you come rescue me? Now, the king will come and rescue you. Doesn't mean it's not going to come with, um, without repercussions. But the king will come and rescue you because that's how God is. He cannot go back on his word that he would never leave us nor forsake us. But it is sometimes us that will decide to get out of the protective realm that the king has placed us in. And so this is what we see when we um, go through the world. And you see many people that are hurt and hurting and, you know, and don't want anything to do with Jesus Christ because of hurt, whether it was hurt in the church or um, their are shame there. They may be feeling ashamed by uh, straying away from the father. And so they don't feel like they can come back. But it is our job as the king's ambassadors to go after the lost sheep. To go after the children that God says, but that's still my chosen child. I still want them to come back. I know they may have strayed. And they may have fallen short of my glory. And they may have made some mistakes. I know that life beat them down. But I still want them to return. At the end of our days, when we take our last breath, you're either going to go to two places, heaven or hell. The choice is yours on how you choose to live your life here today. Now, you can live your life today to represent the king of all kings, the Lord of all lords, God Almighty, Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit. You can choose to represent that kingdom in heaven, or you can choose to represent Satan's kingdom. And either way, and in Matthew chapter 7, it talks about how the highway to hell is broad. So, many can easily find it and will follow that path. It's broad, it's easy, um, it's funner, um, there's no repercussions. Well, there you'll get into some things, but for the most part, like, it, it, it's, dare I say, I could think about Sin City, Las Vegas. It's like the bright lights that says, hey, glamour, glamour, come over here, come over here, like, it's all fun and games and you know yolo live yo yolo come on and then you go that route and realize you in the ditch and you trying to figure out how you got to the ditch because you got off track from the king's path see the king's path is a very narrow path it's not wide it's not broad everybody can't find that path Everybody can't go there. I mean, if you think about even in terms of our earthly royals that we have seen in the world, and there's still some royal families that are around today, while we may even see pictures of them, um, you know, either on vacations or having, um, stately dinners or whatever, and you see certain people there, um... You mainly see the who's who of whether it be Hollywood or politics or whatever that are there at the king or queen's um, table that the king or queen's stately dinners and whatnot, whatever event that the royals are having. You mainly see only the who's who that have access to come and sit at their table to come and, and um, vacation with them to come and and convene with them and fellowship with them. Not everybody in the realm. Is welcome to the king's or the queen's table. You know, I, I keep thinking of Queen. I think about Queen Elizabeth. I know she passed away, but because um, I don't really watch TV, so I haven't seen much of King Charles and how he, um, you know, has been working his rum. But since I'm thinking about the the royal, the British royals right now, because um, I know there are s- several other royals around the world. But when we look at, um, for example, Queen Elizabeth, going back to her. Though you may have seen her take pictures with certain people, you may have even seen her at royal weddings and whatnot. But not everybody got to sit next to her. Not everybody got a chance to ride in a car with her. Not everybody got a chance to stay at Buckingham Palace. Why? Because it's for VIPs only. Very important people only. But the, the amazing thing about God is he says, my children are VIPs. I want you to sit at my table. I want you to come into my kingdom. I want you, but it's our job to realize our citizenship, because as long as you don't recognize your citizenship, you will always act like a pretender. You will always um, feel like an outcast or an outsider, feel like um, an imposter. It's, it, you know, the, the best example I can give before I give you guys this vision um, is think of it. Uh, if you come to somebody's house, that's it's not your house. so You're visiting somebody else's house now, though, they may say, hey, you can sit down. Hey, would you like something to eat? Would you like something to drink? You know, no matter how much they say mi casa es su casa, doesn't mean that you have full access To their home doesn't mean that you can do whatever you want to do in their home. Why? Because it don't belong to you. So you're only able to do what they limit limitly allowed you to do. But in God's kingdom, he says, I've given you access. I've given you realms. I've given you open doors. And he says, you have access to a, a variety of things, but it's all and parameters we have to understand the way god deals with us is the same way a loving parent will deal with their child if you have an infant you're not gonna put your infant on a regular sized bed while the infant is sleeping or even awake and then walk away and go cook something or do something without putting parameters around the baby Because otherwise the baby can roll itself over and onto the floor. You never see cribs that don't have gates on them or some sort of barrier on it to protect the baby from falling out. That's how God deals with us as citizens of heaven. He says, I've given you dominion in the earth to be fruitful and multiply. However, I've also given you parameters. There are some things you cannot do. I know it looks fun. I know it sounds good. But everything that's good ain't God. And you be done went into something thinking it's fun, it's good, God going back it, and then wind up falling into a ditch. Realizing, wait a minute, I this this wasn't God at all. I mean, come on, think about it. How many of us, for example, have been in relationships that you thought was good and it glittered and you were like, ooh, that is that must be gold. <laughs> and then you get to that thing, you like, ooh. This wasn't even diamond. This was cubic zirconia. Matter of fact, this was crystals. Okay, and not even the good crystals. This was the bad cheap crystals. Okay, this was glass. <laughs> this wasn't even good. Why? 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 You know what I'm thinking about my mom yesterday, who um she went to this uh Latin restaurant um which is not like this other Latin restaurant that we love um in the city that I'm in, but she went to some some other place thinking that all latin food was created equally it's not <laughs> i mean there's no food really created equally i don't care what culture you're from because i could tell you how many times i have had when i used to could eat gluten I've had several people in the black community macaroni and cheese, and baby, it ain't all the same. And I know some of my sisters out there, my brothers out there, uh, in the African American community. Even though y'all all my brothers and sisters, but in that particular order. Or you know what? I know you gonna say that. I'm gonna say American, cause I think only in America do they really do macaroni and cheese. So I'ma take away the race card and just say all my brothers and sisters in America. Um, you know every Mar- macaroni and cheese ain't cre- and created equally, cause you know you can go to Boston Market. <laughs> <laughs> Cause I used to eat there a long time ago. But you go to Boston Market and get some macaroni and cheese. You can go to KFC and get some macaroni and cheese. You can go to Auntie and them house and get some macaroni and cheese. And then you go to Grandma's house. Oh baby. Mm-mm, 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 mm-mm. No, nobody make macaroni and cheese like Grandma. Don't touch. Okay. Don't touch near not a cheese. Near not a pasta. Don't touch the pot. Don't don't touch the butter. Don't even butter the pan for Grandma. Just let Grandma do it. Okay. Cause you don't know what you're doing. You can't touch it. You don't know what you're doing. Okay. (laughs) I'm telling you, it gets serious in America for all my people that's around other parts of the world. It gets serious in America when it comes to the macaroni and cheese. Okay. Especially at Thanksgiving. Don't you dare touch nothing in the kitchen if you can't cook. Okay. Get out of here. Now, why is that? Because only the the person who owns the kitchen know how to throw down in the kitchen. So they know how everything's supposed to go, how it's supposed to be flavored, especially grandma, how it's uh supposed to be flavored, how it's supposed to look, taste, texture, all that. But if you a guest coming into the house and saying, Oh, grandma, let me help you cook something, baby, I just need you to go set the table. Baby, baby! <laughs> How many times have you seen that? Cause I'm cracking up. Cause I've seen it in my family, where some people used to come over Nana's house, my great grandmother's house, even my grandma's house. And um, and Nana, now I'll so talk my Nana for a minute. My great grandmother, she used to have a select few of us that she would allow to um help her cook. Any dinners that she would make because we always had like parties, Sunday dinners, birthday parties, holiday gatherings, whatever. We were always gathering, and so she only let a select few of the grandchildren <laughs> come in the kitchen. That was me, my cousin Patrice, my cousin Pam. Um, I think my mom, and and uh, was it somebody else? No, I think that's it. Yeah, I think that's it. That That's it. That's all. Maybe her sister, uh, my aunt Jane. That was it. That ain't nobody else coming in the kitchen. You don't know what you're doing. And it, people could be like, "Oh, you know, Nana, let me help you, baby. You gonna set the table." <laughs> she is not about to let you touch near not a thing in her kitchen if you don't know what you're doing. No, you can't go and, and break apart the green beans and start cooking it. No, no, don't prep nothing, okay? Cause you don't know what you're doing. Because you're not a citizen of this joint, okay? You're not a citizen here. You are a, um, a partaker. Mm-hmm. And this is what we see a lot in the church. We see people who partake in the meal, but they're not a citizen. They, they don't know how to put their hand in the pot and make it you know, look good and taste good and, and, uh, and all that stuff, smell good. But, but God says, I have grafted you into my community, into my kingdom. Therefore, you can put your hand in the pot Therefore, you can touch this Therefore, you can come into the community But you gotta be in the parameters You know, I remember a vision God gave me Where, um I I can't fully tell you how it started But I know in the part of the vision Um, I saw just this like huge white table I mean, everything in the room was white White and bright and so I remember, um, nobody was sitting at the table at first. And so I was like, kind of nervous about like, do I sit down at the table? I don't know. Okay, well, I'll sit at this like back portion of the table because it's such a huge table that maybe nobody will see me back here. And so I felt like, you know, like an imposter, like, I don't know if I belong here. But you know what God did that was so amazing in that vision? When I went to go sit down at the back of the table where I thought nobody would see me, nobody would, you know, say nothing to me if I don't if I'm not supposed to be sitting here, they they will be okay because I'm always at the back. All of a sudden, as soon as I sat down, the table filled up with a bunch of different people coming to sit next to me and talking to me, where waiters were coming to serve me, and it was just amazing of like uh how, how y'all know my name because they were addressing me by my name as well and it was like how, how you know my name how 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 am i how is it okay like and and it was basically revealed to me this is the honor seat you, we gave you the honor seat why because you are a citizen of this thing you belong here and god wants us all to belong but we got to do our part and separate even in this world that we live in and I understand it's so hard when you see things every day that just break your heart that just frustrate you that just irritate you even in your family your own households but what God helped me do and I'm here to help you do it is you got to learn how to separate the two you got to understand that the spiritual realm is more real than the natural realm and so that means that you are not fighting against people but against spirits and principalities as it says in Ephesians So you don't have to worry about the person you seeing that may be mean or nasty or vindictive or hurtful or whatever to you. That is Satan using that person in that moment to come against you to knock you off of your horse. Why? Because as long as Satan can continue to, to reign in this realm, in this earth. And as long as you are still living and breathing and, and Jesus has not come yet to bring down the second Jerusalem or Jesus or you haven't died yet, then that means Satan has a chance to knock you off your horse. Satan has a chance to make sure you never get to the golden gates. That's his whole job. John 10:10. 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus Christ came to give us life after everlasting. That means that even after the life here on earth, you have another life to live when your fleshly body dies, but your spiritual body is still living in heaven. But the choice is yours today. You got to make a choice to say, you know what? I will not be swayed. I will not be moved. I don't care what the devil brings my way. I'm going to choose to get this 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 discipleship thing right i'm gonna choose to pursue god with everything i have i'm gonna choose to get serious about my relationship with jesus christ i'm gonna choose to live my life according to how god tells me to live my life because i understand that i am a citizen of heaven not a citizen of this earth and so even when um the enemy tries to send things or people my way that come to try to steal kill and destroy my joy my peace my happiness my my patience my finances my my life even your health all of that you got to understand that your heavenly father is ready to jump up in that battle is ready to fight that battle on your behalf is ready to give you the strength you need to stand when you realize you can't do it in your own strength and you turn to your father but as long as you keep trying to fight people fighting flesh against flesh, you'll never win. You'll never win. And I don't care. I use practical examples for spiritual principles. But I'll give you this example. I don't care if in the flesh you like, oh, but I'm a bad boxer. I'm real good. I'm nice with these hands. Okay. And you may knock out your opponent. But what did it take for you to do that? I don't mean um, the skill set or whatever. I mean, like, what did it take from you to knock that person out? Because after you knock that person out, did your reputation change? Now, for some, it may say, "Yeah, okay, it changed in the way of other people looking at you, like, oh yeah, you're nice with those hands." But what about the people who God was going to use you to minister to that says, "Oh, that person's violent. I don't want to even hear what that person has to say. That person's aggressive. That that person is this way. Never mind. They they may see you in a different way." What about that employer or the person who was going to sponsor your business or your ministry? What about that person who was looking at your character when you didn't even realize they were looking at it to see how you were going to handle that situation? And so, yeah, you got a lot of people that's Satan filled. That's happy that you was nice with them hands and they high five you and everything. Yeah, you got them back. Yeah, you knocked them out. Yeah, you, you know, did an I for nine a two for two. Yeah, yeah, you, you threw them under the bus. They threw you under the bus. Yeah, you did that. Uh huh. But you know what you lost opportunities because there were other people that you didn't even realize they were looking at you, including God that was looking at you to see, can I elevate you to the next level or will you fail this test? And so when that person came at you, I don't know why I can go this example, but when that person came at you ready to fight and you chose to fight them with your fist, God says, up, uh, you're not ready. I was just about to allow that opportunity to come your way. I was just about to take you to that next level. I was just about to. I even had the people there that you didn't even know watching you. But because you handled it in that negative way, you you failed the test. I can't take you higher. I'll give you another example of a vision God gave me. Um, where this could go either way. So in this vision, I actually taught this before where I talked about... Um, I was in a room full of people and I didn't know at the time, um, I was at a studio, but I was in a room full of people in, in this particular studio and I didn't know at the time, actually okay, anyway, <laughs> cause I've had several visions like this, but this particular one, I'll continue on. And so I was in a room with people and I didn't know, um, that somebody who had the, basically the key to take my ministry, this agents of revival ministry to the next level. That they were in the room. This is somebody who out to give you like a, an example, because I'm not gonna like say everything that was in the vision. So I'll just give you an example. This was somebody, let's say, was a billionaire that was in the room dressed casually. So I didn't know that they were a billionaire. It wasn't like there was something on them that made me say, Oh, they got money. No, they were dressed pretty normal, pretty casually, and they were in the room. They sat down in like one of the lowly places anyway. So it didn't even look like they didn't go to the, uh, the large chair, so to speak, to show that they were the big bosses. No, they sat where everybody else sat and they just watched and observed. And as they were watching and observing me, and I didn't even know that this was all happening. Um, I'm working and and I'm like, ooh, you know, I'm really excited about being in this particular studio. And so I'm like, ooh, I wonder how the acoustics would sound in here if I record an episode of the Agents of Revival podcast. And so I take out my equipment. And as I'm about to try to set things up and start recording, um, the person whose studio it was. Now, this is, um, you know, yeah, I just did it that. The person whose studio it was, that person comes in. It's their show um, that they have in that particular studio. And they're trying to set up as well. And so they say to me, "Now I'm just excited to be there. I'm not even trying to upstage them or nothing. I'm so excited to be there that I'm just like, ooh, I just want to, you know, get the, just, just see how different it sound for me doing it at home where I normally record this podcast. And so I'm like excited to be in a, in a studio recording and whatnot. And so I'm just being like a little kid. Well, this person was very mean and nasty to me. You know, and some people say rightfully so, because they were like, oh, no, you're not. This is my show. This is my studio. And they just was going off on me. And I was just like, oh, okay, you know, I'm not going to argue because on one hand, though you saying it in a nasty way, they were right. This is their studio. This was their show. I had no business trying to do my own show in the place where they're doing their show. So I said, "Okay, you know, please excuse me. And I quietly took my stuff and I tried to go to another part of the room. But I realized that the the room, the acoustics in the room was going to be so loud from that one person show that I said, "Okay, I can't do this here. And so um, before, as I'm looking around to find some somewhere else to set up, all of a sudden that billionaire speaks to me and they just say, hey, what's the name of your show? Tell me about your show. Now, again, I don't even know that this billionaire owns the entire company. So, again, they have the, the keys, the, op- the door opportunity, basically, to take this to the next level, to boost it into the stratosphere. I didn't even know that because they dressed in regular clothing. They sat where everybody else was sitting. And so I didn't know. And so they asked me and and, um, and I said, oh, you know, um, well... And I kind of talked a little bit lowly about the show and oh, it's just a little show that I do where I, you know, minister to people and talk about my faith and whatnot. I'm not sure you may have probably may have heard of it, may not have heard of it, but it's called, you know, this and um, then somebody else said something rude to me, who's a person I know. And that's when it was revealed to me. They were like, you sit here talking like that. This person owns this is the billionaire. They own this entire company. And you're sitting there like basically messing up your shot. And I was like, oh, wow. Um, And so as I'm trying to, you know, get my words together to really sell them now, try to do an elevator pitch to this billionaire, the billionaire gets up and walks away. They walk out the room. And so now I'm feeling defeated. I'm feeling deflated, defeated, and just disgusted with myself. All the D's <laughs> with myself because I'm like, darn it. I thought I blew my shot. So I leave the room and I go into another room where it's nobody in there. And it's a smaller room, a smaller studio room. Nobody's in that studio room. And so I said, well, I'm just going to sit set up here and just try to, you know, practice um, what it's like to be recording in a studio and see how that works since nobody's in here well right before I could even start again recording guess who's standing at the door the billionaire and the and I'm shocked and the billionaire says to me basically I like it I'm gonna invest now I'm shocked because I thought I totally blew it I didn't recognize who they were. I didn't know who they were. I didn't give them an elevator pitch or nothing. But you know, the Holy Spirit revealed to me of why they were willing to invest is because my character, because even when these two different people were coming against me and were being mean and nasty to me, even in the way I handled the billionaire and being nice to that person and just talking to them regularly, they judged by my character God cares more about your integrity more than anything. And so basically, in a sense, I had passed the test that even though these people were very nasty, mean to me and I could have popped off at the mouth. But I decided, you know what, I'm going to take the lowly position of a servant like Jesus tells us to do. I decided to take a lowly position as a servant and say, okay, and keep the peace. Keeping the peace doesn't necessarily mean that you don't stir things up if need be. Because, and I might do a message on that. There's peacekeepers and peacemakers. So you can keep the peace in terms of not responding to somebody who's trying to bait you into an argument. But the choice is yours. And so in that moment, I had passed the test. This is what it means to be citizens of heaven. To understand that even when the enemy comes to attack. You don't get swayed either way. There's a scripture in Matthew chapter 5 that I'll read to you um, where Jesus tells us how to handle situations like that. Um, It says, drop down to the um, 38th verse. Matthew 5 verse 38, you have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat as well. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want To borrow, you have heard the law that says, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your father in heaven, for he has given his sunlight to both the evil and the good, and he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. So, this is basically saying, When it's saying children of heaven, it's the same thing as citizens of heaven because you are a citizen of heaven means that you don't operate in the same way the world operates. The world is going to say, like in my example of the vision. Oh, no, you should have gotten that person face and You should have been nasty to them and you should have did this and did that. You should have caused the fight or whatever. No, I took the humble position of a servant. What does a servant do? Even if you look at a restaurant, a a good servant, even when being scolded by the the um, the head of house or the chef will still stand in line and serve will still do their job. They're not going to go toe-to-toe with the chef or with the head of house. They're not going to go into that fight. No. They swallow their pride and serve. Because you have to understand, again, since we're not fighting against people, but against spirits and principalities, there's something in that person's heart that's coming against you. That's why Jesus said you're not defiled by what goes in your mouth, but you're more defiled by what comes out of your mouth, because what comes out of your mouth flows from your heart. It's a heart posture thing. And so, if somebody coming against you, that's something that's in their heart that they're dealing with. That's a spiritual battle that they're dealing with. It's not personal. So we can't take it as personal just because we see the person in front of us, or just because the person is on social media. It ain't personal. It's spiritual. It's something spiritual that they're dealing with and they don't have no other way to deal with it, but then to lash out at you and try to tear you down. But the choice is yours to pass the test or not. Do you respond and fight back or do you choose to pray for them and keep your peace? Your peace comes from Jesus Christ. The choice is yours. What relationship do you value most? And so go me to Philippians chapter one, starting at the 27th verse, verse, excuse me. And it reads as such above all else. You must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news about Jesus Christ. Then whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but, but that you are going to be saved even by God himself, For you have been given For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Jesus Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Go with me now to chapter two, because this is a continuation of a letter that he wrote to the church of Philippi uh, that Paul wrote. Excuse me. have the attitude of Jesus Christ. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another and working together for one with one mind and purpose. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. I'm going to read verse 3 again because it's so deep, so good, we can't just fly past it verse three of Philippians chapter two, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others, be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. That's just like me. One part that I left out until this moment is that when this particular person was coming against me for trying to record in their studio, it was a person I admired. It was a person who had a successful career that I was very excited to kind of study under and learn from. And they were very, very mean and nasty to me. But I had to make a decision. Do I humble myself thinking of them better, as, better than myself and, and choose to not fight this battle? Or do I go toe to toe with them? If I don't want toe to toe to toe with them, I'd have missed out on a blessing that came a little later from the owner of the company who was watching me the entire time. I didn't know it. Because as I said, when that person entered into the room, I thought they were a regular person because they sat with everybody else. I had no idea who they were. So you never know who's watching you. So you got to be mindful and diligent at all times to stand your ground. Peter talks about be alert because your adversary, the enemy, Satan, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to devour you every chance he can get. Because he don't want you to become a full-fledged citizen of heaven. He, don't want you, he wants you to get knocked down. So that when you take your last breath or when Jesus Christ comes, um, his second coming, you don't make it into the heaven. That God will disqualify you because of your uh, reactions. You're choosing to be more like the world and not like Jesus. Choose to be like Jesus. Choose this day whom you will serve. Who's going to be your master? Continuing on in verse 4, don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave or servant and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Read that again. Though he was God, this is Jesus Christ, though Jesus was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave or servant and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him this name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We are meant to look like our father drop down to verse um 13 for god is working in you giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you live clean innocent lives as children of God shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people hold firmly to the word of life then on the day of Christ's return I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless but I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out like a liquid offering to God just like your faithful service is an offering to God, and I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will share your joy. Go with me next to Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4, starting at the fourth verse, reads, Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. If we're going to be true citizens of heaven, true king ambassadors, then we have to live in the way of the person who we serve, Jesus We have to show that same light. We have to show that same love. We have to show that same patience and kindness. Is it easy? No. But you work on it every day. You work on it little by little. If you make a mistake, if you slip, if you fall, if you get aggravated with somebody, for instance, if you um, complain or argue with somebody, get it right. How do you get it right? It may not be going back to that person and apologizing, depending on the circumstance, But it could be, okay, God, you know what? I repent of my sin. Take this sinful thing I just did and forgive me, Lord, and cleanse me and wash me with the word so that I may get it right. The other part is going to be reading your word. Because this is how you grow in faith. This is how you understand your true citizenship. There are so many more scriptures I can read you. But I don't have time because it's like literally almost the whole Bible that I can read you. Even the New Testament alone. It's too much for me to read you about your citizenship and what it means to be the king's ambassador. But this is why it's important for you to read your Bible yourself and ask God. Holy Spirit, help me to understand my true citizenship. Help me to realize who you have called me to be and help me to step into it. So that I can one day then help others become citizens of heaven. God doesn't want to lose out on any lost sheep. So it is our job. As we become awakened. As we become alerted. As we become restored and renewed. And revived in Christ Jesus. That we then go out and make other disciples. Other agents of revival. Other citizens of heaven. Other kingdom ambassadors. So. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord God be gracious to you, show you his favor, and give you his shalom, give you his peace. Take care. Bye now. And if anybody wants to invest um, or sow a seed into this Kingdom Ministry Agents or Revival, you can check the description for the information, or you can find me on Cash App or Venmo App at Andrea Griffin Rogers. Know that the seed you sow goes into... Um, the kingdom. It goes into building products, services, and resources to help other people. And so take care. I love you guys. Bye now.